N-Y-Y-S-T This is New York Yankee Sports Talk Swinging for the fences Knock it out the park This is New York Yankee Sports Talk Christian and Chris Of course SGR This is New York Yankee Sports Talk Call me New York Yankee Sports Talk Record rain and shine Grab your shades and umbrellas N-Y-Y-S-T You're hanging with the fellas Welcome back. This is episode 269 of the NYYST podcast presented to you by NYY News TV. I'm your host, Christian, as always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You! And it's just us today. SGR is unavailable this weekend, so it's just the... Uh, what are we the original the fells, fellas? And the fells. The fells. The OG fellas. The OG. Now, we always was forget Ryan, SGR was actually on the original episode. Was he? Yeah, Ryan, Ryan on the farm. Yeah, it's how it's. It's just it's funny how it's just more from like him having his own segment to being the stack guy to just like eh, I'm Ryan. I'll, I'm on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and he changed his name too. His name has evolved. Right, and it, it used to be Stack Guy Ryan, but like I remember, you know, everybody knows I'm a big wrestling fan. Like when Triple H was. Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Connecticut Blue Blood. And then they didn't want to change his name when he became DX Suck It, you know, mm-hmm. Triple H. Mm-hmm. They were just like, mm-hmm. well, you're Triple H now. We'll just call you by your, <laughs> your initials. So it's like he had Is a that how it happened? Is that how that happened? Yeah. So that's why you did it then. You were inspired. That's exactly why I did it. If it wasn't for that, I don't know. We might still be calling him Stack Guy Rye. So credit, uh, you know, Triple H for... Telling people to suck it wow. in 1997. Wow. Uh, it's Super Bowl Sunday. We'll get into we'll do a little fun thing with that uh, in a little bit, with just <clears throat> with the game and some thoughts on it. Obviously, this is going to drop uh, before, or I should say, after the game is uh, been played. But you know, we always do this every uh, Super Bowl Sunday report. We just give a quick thought on the game, so we'll and see if we're right. We'll do that. Also, uh, the Monument Park draft was supposed to be today. Uh, SGR is not here, so uh, I want to do. I want to push it back another week because I would really like SGR to be a part of it. But uh, regardless, uh, we are doing the uh, the draft next week, uh, 100%. So uh, that just be on the lookout for that. There are 22 retired numbers. Well, there's not really 22 retired numbers. There's 21. They retired eight twice. Uh, so there's 22 players that have had their number retired to get to. Uh, an even and quote even number for what we need to do. How did that happen, by the way? I have no way. I, I don't know. Like Bill Dickey was retired first. No, I, I got to look into the history of it. I remember reading it once uh, how that happened, but uh, we figured there are players in Monument Park that have plaques, but not their number retired. Um, and George Steinbrenner has a plaque. I figured that George Steinbrenner should just get a. You should get a pass into into the draft because he's the boss, right? And uh, I picked Willie Randolph, Tino Martinez, and Paul O'Neill. There might be somebody else in there, but those are the three guys that I picked. Fans voted. Fans voted for Paul O'Neill. So Paul O'Neill's in the draft. There's 24 players, or 23, I should say, and, and George. So there's 24 people that are going to be in the draft uh, next week. So um, So when people vote, what are they voting on? Who's the better player? Because what if someone drafts George? Well, I'm trying to think of the right name for the tournament, and I'm just thinking that we'll just call it the King of Monument Park. 
or okay, something. Okay, I like, like that. that. I like that. So, so you're just gonna you're it. gonna vote on whatever criteria you want to vote on. If it's like Mariano versus Whitey Ford, and you're like, well, I'm gonna vote for a starting pitcher over a reliever. Fine. If you're just like, well, Mariano is my favorite player, and I didn't see Whitey Ford, I'm voting for Mariano. Fine. It's however you want to vote for. If you want to run George through because he's fucking George Steinbrenner, fine. There's really no criteria. It's just see a name, pick it, and vote for it, you know? Like the most prestigious Yankee almost. Prestigious. The most prestigious plaque or number in Monument Park. I was thinking about not just creating a player pool and, um, you know, then we'll just draft you know, uh, 16, but it doesn't work with three people. So I figured we'll just do, we'll just take everybody. We'll vote on them. Some of the rounds will be a little wonky where it won't be one versus one. It'll be, you know, one versus one versus one, but we'll figure it out. We'll have some fun with it. That'll be, that will a hundred percent be, uh, next week. We're going to do that. Uh, and, uh, we're going to talk about the friggin' CBA today. They met yesterday. They met for less than an hour. We're no closer to baseball. Uh, there is a Tampa Ray that could possibly on the market that would look very sexy in pinstripes. I figure we could touch on that, and then you know we'll uh, we'll get to where we need to get. But we'll let Chris do the bookkeeping right now, and then we'll get into the I'm show. I'm going to get it all out of the way. I'm going to start. Okay. I'm going to start with our uh, with our main sponsor here, uh, Manscaped. Support for the MIYST uh, support for the MIYST podcast is brought to you. By Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the performance package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer to you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with code 20NYYST at manscaped.com. That's 20 N-Y-Y-S-T at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 8 million balls. Um, also, show is brought to you and sponsored by our patrons. Head over to patreon.com slash M-Y-Y-S-T. Become a patron of the show. Help support us for as low as 5 bucks a month. You can pledge up to as much as you want. Um, and please, please take a second. Subscribe wherever you're watching or listening. Give, mm-hmm. us, a, give us a like. Uh, and most importantly... A five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you listen on there. Boom. Okay. Okay. Done. All right. Well, uh, tomorrow is Valentine's Day, which, you know, it is. It's Yeah, it is. Um, And the significance of that in my household is it's usually right around the time where the Yankees are reporting to spring training. Is it fair to say that wives of husbands who are huge baseball fans shouldn't expect like a gift or or for their husbands to be like lovey-dovey tomorrow because we're kind of like this is fucked for us man no i sent my wife flowers on saturday uh because yeah you know these these uh florists i mean i know this is their this is their deal this is their super bowl this is their big day to make money right but when you are uh when you're charging these certain uh, prices mm-hmm. to deliver on Monday versus Saturday, you know, I'm not doing it. Okay. Yeah. No. Especially when you can't even guarantee me that right. the shit's going to show up on Monday. Right. So why? I'm, you know, I got to be the asshole that my wife's flowers show up on Tuesday. No. So no. you take, I'd rather send, I'm ahead of the game already. Okay. You're so, ahead of the game. You uh, saved money and 
that's the best way to do it, I'd say. Uh, and I wanted to even uh, be a little bit more uh, generous in my gift, but they were charging $25 for delivery, which sounds ridiculous, but it's a holiday. I'll pay it. But they were charging $25 for delivery per item. What? So it's like a bouquet of flowers, $25. You say and then bouquet? I, saw these- I say bouquet. Bouquet of flowers. Uh-huh. Say vase or vase? Vase. Vase. So then, uh, you know what conversation hearts are, right? Yeah, where they have the fucking, uh, they have the things on You know, you read them like, I fucking love you. And then you Yeah, so they had conversation heart chocolate-covered Oreos. I was like, wow, these things are fucking great. Wow. But they were going to charge me another $25 to deliver the fucking Oreos. That's so I was like, crazy. No, I'm like, I'm good, dude. Like, I'm not, like, I'm not cheap. Like, people that know me, like, no, especially the people that I love, I take care of them. There's, there's really, if I can afford it and I... I can, you know, it, it's, it, to me, it's more about the fucking principle. Like I'm not paying $10 That's in crazy. Oreo, That's you know? Crazy. So I got my wife a little something else. I'll give it to her on, uh, on Monday. Okay. So okay. we're not, <clears throat> even though, you know, I wanted to bring this up, um, when we did the trivia because the trivia book was part of my Christmas gift, mm. you know, talk about, you know, like whack ass Christmas gifts, right? Mm-hmm. The TV in my man caves is from when we got married. She got her bridesmaids to put together a gift for me, which was pretty cool, even though you jerk off didn't do anything for her. I'm just saying. Right? I, that's not like a traditional thing. There's no way. I, I'm just saying. Okay? That's why she. If I was the best man, maybe I would have thought of it. Okay. That's why she's like, well, Chris didn't step up. So he, he had wow. no right being the best man anyway. Okay? Wow. But anyway, so, or maybe it was just a gift for her and I put the TV in here anyway. I'm not really sure. Okay, no. But we got, we got money from our bridesmaids to get a TV. I put it in here. Problem is, I should know this, right? We've been married six years in April. Mm. The TV's fucking outdated already. Yeah, big time. <laughs> so, like, all the streaming apps that I, I can only really get, like, Netflix and Amazon Prime on there, but I also have like Paramount, Peacock, uh, Hulu, you gotta get a good, you H- gotta get it like a HBO Max Chrome stick or whatever the fuck they're called. So, like, I told her, like, what I really want for fucking Christmas is a new TV. I want a new TV for in here so I have all my apps and blah blah blah. So, she buys me a fucking Amazon Fire Stick. Yeah, there you go. She fucking, she I said, was like, Screw wow. You. Yeah, she was like, fuck you, dude, like, here. Yeah. I mean, I use it. I really, I like it, but, like, I really want her a TV. Yeah. I'll think about doing a TV. Maybe I'll get a TV for you. I might have a TV for you soon. I don't need a TV. Okay. Um, so, this is the type of entertainment you get when uh, our major segment is planned, and we can't do it, and on top of that, we really don't have anything else to talk about. <laughs> well, I I mean, we have a lot to, we have a, we have a lot we can get angry over. Probably. Um, all right. So that's why we got in the whole thing about Valentine's Day because we should be getting excited. It's usually like somewhere in between like the 12th and 16th, somewhere in there. That's when the Yankees usually report to camp, right? There's no level of excitement this year because yesterday the two sides met. It was under an hour. There's no deal. Now we'll go through. There was an article by Mark Feinstein kind of detailing what was proposed yesterday. Um, I know that the MLBPA sent a couple of lawyers, you know, and, and nothing really transpired. Rob Manfred had a press conference on Thursday. 
they're really, I mean, the way I look at the, I look at what the players want. I look at what the owners want. And I'm like, there's a real simple solution here. There really is. But they refuse to, to see what the simple solution is. They want what they want. Each side wants what they want. And they're not really willing to bend enough to get anything done. Either side. That's why I can't, I, I've said this before. And I have to, I have to say it again. I can't say, Oh, fuck the owners or fuck. No, it's fuck both of them. Okay. Can I, I'm just going to give a little insight cause I sold cars for a long time and so <clears throat> lemons. Yeah. Lemons to you. Um, here's, here's a typical rule of thumb in, in sales. And when you're negotiating, let's say you come out with a price your salesman comes out with a price of $80,000 for a car. Okay. If you're, if you want a serious negotiation, if you want to know that the buyer is a real buyer, you know, by their counter offer. Okay. And if that person comes out and says, no, I need to be at 20,000. What are you going to do? Are you going to waste time really negotiating? No, because you know they're not serious. They're not serious. And they're ha- here's my problem. We don't have a we don't have enough information here to to know what is realistically possible. Like if the owners are down, what is it, the CBT? If the owners are yeah, down at 10 million and they come up to 15, but the players were up to what? 100 and You're talking about no, the CBT is the tax, the, you know, the luxury tax. So what am I? So, yeah. What, whatever the players were at, they came down 5 million. And whatever the owners were at, they came up 5 million. But they're still. That's the, that's the pre-arbitration pool that you're okay, talking gotcha. about. Okay, gotcha. Pre-arbitration. But they're still almost $100 million apart. So I need to know what a realistic number is that is fair for both sides. Cause clearly the players don't think their number, the owner's number is realistic and the owners the same for them, but they're not even close. So it's like, we're not even, we're not even in a serious talk. And that's the problem for me. Yeah. I mean, I've had one steady thought throughout this whole process and it's don't mess with opening day. And and unless a miracle happens in the next couple of days, we're definitely going to have delayed spring training. And that opening day is becoming more and more in jeopardy with each day going by. So these two sides need to figure, and I can't honest to God, like we knew it got, we know it got ugly during, the COVID negotiations, the owners didn't want to play X games. That's why we, we did 60. You know, they could have played a lot more games in 2020. We knew the negotiation. It was like a precursor to this. But knowing that all the money they lost in 2020 by not having anybody in the stands. And then last year, with a lot of these cities, even late into the season, still had restrictions on the amount of people that could come to the ballparks. That you're willing to jeopardize even one game. And it won't be one game because if they miss open, if they're going to uh, jeopardize opening day, you can figure we're missing at least three or four weeks. Right. Now, if you're willing to jeopardize even one game of 
regular season baseball. It's just a, it, to me, it's just a complete stupidity on your part that you finally have a full season ahead of you where there's no restrictions in any of these cities where people can come and go and, and you can, and you can maximize the amount of money that you can make. And it's a complete insult to your paying customers. Yeah. Absolutely. That we finally, like as fans, we have not been able to go to baseball games in two years in any type of regular fashion. And any in, in any quote normal setting. Now some cities are are you know a little bit more uh, liberal with their COVID, and I don't mean liberal like liberal conservative. I mean liberal in their rules for COVID uh, than others are. We know that living in New Jersey, the way New York and New Jersey are compared to you know like Florida, Texas, whatever. We don't have to get into that. But now you you pretty much have the entire country on the same page with outdoor venues and shit like that. Like, why would you want to even give up a game where you could be making money? It's foolish, but my analogy wasn't good. I should have said, I should have said this because as the salesperson, you're more like the owners. It should more be more like a, uh, someone coming in with a trade-in and I value it at 20,000 and they want 80,000. Like my point of, of making this comparison is saying, Okay, my 20,000 is probably a little low. I can probably come up a little bit. Right? Maybe I can really do 25 or 30. Right? But 80 is fucking ridiculous. So where is that number and who's the one that's completely out of the realm? I would have to imagine it's the players here. But I don't know. I really don't. Uh, we can we can kind of get into it here with the four, they had four core proposals yesterday, uh, and here this is uh, one of the things they want the players want to raise they want to raise from their minimum salaries right so MLB's proposal gives the the players association the alternative to choose between two systems in the first the players would receive a single minimum salary. Of six hundred thirty thousand dollars in twenty twenty two, which would mark an increase of more than twice. Uh, which would increase. I'm sorry. It would mark an increase of more than twice as large of the twenty seven hundred twenty seven thousand dollar bump they got in the first year of the last CBA. Under this C- under this system, the minimum salary would not be capped, meaning teams could give discretionary raises. Uh, while the $59,000 increase from 2021 to 2022 would nearly increase, uh, would, would nearly match the increase over the five years of the, of the prior CBA. The league's other proposal is a tiered salary system, which would pay 615 for zero service years, uh, 650,000 for one, 725,000 for two, the latter of which would in, would be an increase of $15,000 from the prior proposal uh, compared to the current minimum salary of $570,500. The players would receive a 16% raise over the first three years of service time. That's with the owners. That's what the owners proposed yesterday. So they're refusing a 16% raise. These are pre, these are pre-arbitration eligible players. Yes. That would, I'm uh, sorry, but minim- am I the only one who thinks this is crazy? Honestly, we're talking 16%. What do you think? The owners are billionaires, so they should just give up all their fucking money? Come on, man. Come on. Look, 
Name me one job where you would scoff at a 16% increase in salary from one year to the next. I can't think of it. Like if I I got a 16% increase, I'd be fucking ecstatic. Yeah. I mean, uh, I just want to look at something real quick. I, I hate taking the owner's side. I really do. And I think their offers, their counter offers have been spiteful, but for a reason, because the players aren't even fucking serious. If the owners are, were down at 10 million and they're starting over a hundred million, they're not fucking serious. Why should the owners take them serious? What do these players think? They just get all the money. You see, there's only one owner. There's hundreds of players. It, it just doesn't make sense, man. Yeah, I mean, th- that's where they lose me, where they're getting a 16% increase in salary for players that are pre-arbitrate. Now, you got to understand what pre-arb players are. These are guys that are coming up, and they could be the Tyler Wades of the world. These are not superstar players, or it's giving them a little bit more security, which is good. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but how much more do they want? Like, in this article, uh, it doesn't say exactly what, the players are looking for but when you're telling me the player they're they're being offered a 16 percent increase in salary for these guys that they could be in and out of the league in two years that's fair to me i'm sorry that's to me that's fair look it, it's easy it's easy to to want to blame the owners it's easy right they're the billionaires it's easy but it's also lazy you got to think of this as as an employer, as someone who owns a business. I mean, you have, you have to, you can't just think of it based on who you think, you know, has more money and who's the evil and who's not take it, take all that aside and just put yourself in both, both sets of shoes. That's like you interviewing for a job that's offering $50,000. And then they ask you what you're, what you were hoping for salary wise. And you tell them 200,000. And like, yeah, they really want you. You're you're gonna really, you know, help their business. But like, then maybe your counter offer should be seventy five thousand instead of one hundred ninety five thousand. So if the players take this tiered proposal, which is basically kind of how it is now, I think the minimum is five seventy. It's five seventy, right? It's the minimum salary. But I think they get incremental. It went bumps. up to six thirty, right? It, yeah, but I think they get incremental bumps up until they're arbitration eligible. Not, But if you take the tiered salary, right, they're getting over those three years, you're getting almost an extra $100,000 a year. That's a lot of money, That's dude. crazy. For, and again, these are, if you're, if you're a, a, you know, a Wander Franco, or Franco, however you say his name, you know, you might get bought out. You might get your arbitration bought out like the Rays did for him. But, you know, how many of those guys are, are the Tyler Ways of the world that will never even be offered a, a million-dollar exactly, contract? Exactly. That's the point. We're talking about the owners having all the risk to begin with. And now we're risking even more by paying guys that we're not even sure are going to be part of my team, part and of my each future. Of these, and each of these players are now going to get an extra $100,000 over the course of – and it's not – it's it's two hundred seventy eight thousand dollars over over three years. It's almost an extra hundred grand a year. Hey Christian, let me you tell wouldn't... you something. Let me ask you something. 
If these guys are going to get so much more money, would the Yankees maybe think twice before they called up Tyler Wade for something? Back in the day, if they were going to have to commit to this much more money? No, because uh, it's still cheaper than signing veterans. You know, you're still going to have to pay a veteran X, you know, maybe a million five or whatever. But my point, but my point is, wouldn't it run the talent kind of thin in like, maybe they'd be, I don't know how to put it. I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is, wouldn't they evaluate a lot closer, a lot more? in maybe taking a risk on a guy who they know is a top-tier prospect if they're going to invest that much money instead of giving a guy like Tyler Wade the chance as a stopgap for, you know, to fill space and wait for a guy to be ready? Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe. If the Yankees um, needed yeah. a shortstop, let's say they signed Simmons or whoever because they're probably not getting fucking Correa. Let's just say they signed him, he gets hurt, and they need to call up a shortstop. Don't you think they would just go to Volpe instead of, you know, maybe giving some other guy they don't really give two shits about in the minor leagues a chance to fill in for the time being? I don't know. I mean, no, you I, do know. The, the answer is yes. Yeah, I don't know but how that would affect somebody over the short term, though. The guy's going to come up for a month and then you really have no other plans for him. I don't know how much that would change them, their, a team's plan of a top. Well, prospect. if you were, if you were, if you were contemplating, you needed a guy to fill in, let's say he's out for the year. And so, okay, so so when does this kick in then, the, the pre-arbitration? How long do they have to be here? Pre-arbitration players are usually three years. Okay, so I guess then my point wouldn't, wouldn't be valid then because you're, what you're saying is, but aren't they also negotiating like service time and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, that's other stuff we're going to get to here. Uh, like the pre-arbitration uh, bonus pool, MLB already agreed. They already agreed to the Players Association's proposal to create a bonus pool funded by the league to re, to reward top performers in that zero to three service time category. MLB increased its offer from ten to fifteen million dollars on Saturday. Um, the same increase that the Players Association uh, agreed to in their last move, but they went from. 100 million to 105 million. So they're fucking way off on that. Right. One. That's the one I'm talking about. That's the one I'm trying to talk about. The league's, uh, just to give a little bit more con, the league's proposal includes the formation of a joint committee, three ML, three owner reps, three player association reps to develop a, mu- a mutually agreeable war stat to allocate the pool's funds. Uh, on at, oh, SGR's here. Yes. SGR. Uh, we're just going over the, uh, we didn't think you were going to make it today, Ryan, but you're here. I SGR's here. Uh, we're just going over some of the uh, stuff that uh, was uh, talked about in the uh, in the meeting yesterday between the players okay. and owners. Okay. So, uh, you know, I'm just going to finish reading this and then we can jump in here. Uh, where were we here? On average, the top 30 pre-R players would have increased their salaries by 74% under the proposal. 74%. That's, That's crazy. way too much. It's crazy. It, it's crazy. We're, we were saying, right, that the owner's proposal back would give them a 16% increase. That's a lot. This is Yeah, but this is something different. This is now the pre-arbitration bonus pool, which was kind of what you were saying that one time, is that reward players based on their play. Right. So these guys that are pre-arb, el- that are not arbitration eligible yet, if they hit, they're going to come up with their own fakakta fucking war stat here. And if they meet that, requirement 
then they'll get then they'll get part of this bonus pool. Right. Now I think honest I got I honestly don't know how many pre R players there are in baseball, but if you look at it realistically, fifteen million dollars might be on the kind of on the low side for the amount of pre R players. Christian, what did I say? I said if the if the players were in a realistic stance right now, then the owners would would make more of a realistic negotiation. Right. I think they're not serious. A hundred and five is kind of ridiculous. So let's again, we, we got to figure what no, is $30 million a fair number. Man. Listen, I mean, 15 is too low. One Oh five is too high. You're on complete opposite ends of the fucking spectrum here. Where do you meet? Listen, is 52 high, is, you know what I'm saying? You sit yeah, down. Wait, I have a question. Though. Yeah. I have a question. So is this, this is about that, the the war pool that they're considering, right? So yes. MLB is considering to give a ten million dollar bonus pool, whereas the players' association wants it at a hundred and five. They've already agreed. The MLB and the players' association have already agreed to the concept of the bonus pool. It's just how much money goes in the pool. Right. Well, hey, then you know what? Then if they want more money, then get your own, get a little players' association pool together. You can take some money from your. Uh, contracts and you could well, pull together let's, let's, money for these guys that aren't there yet let's do this ready you guys are owners of a company and you need to fill a position you need to hire someone so you sit down with a candidate you sit down with two two candidates you love both of them you like one a little more and you sit down and the offer for the position is fifty thousand a year and you ask them where do you need to be to to work here and they come back again. The job is fifty thousand, and they come back and say two hundred thousand dollars. Now let's take employee B. You really like them also. Fifty thousand. Where do you need to be? They say seventy five thousand. Who are you more willing to negotiate with to hire them? The well, person 75? at two hundred thousand. No, the guy at seventy five because you can strike a deal with him a lot easier. Exactly because he's much more realistic to where things need to be. So you might come back and say, look, I can't go up to 75, but I'll meet you at 60. How's that? The person who's at 200,000, you're laughing away. Even though you want to hire them, of course you do. You love them. Because They're 60 a great is still dog shit. You know, 60 is still dog exactly. shit Exactly. So why would the owners go anywhere further from 10 to 15? Why would they go from 10 to 50? Why would they do it? They're still $50 million apart. No, the players need to come down. This way, the, the owners can go up. The players need to understand what's realistic. That's the problem. Like to me, if you're getting an increase in your minimum salary, and they already agreed to this bonus pool money, you don't need to be getting. This is going to sound really stupid, shitty. I guess I should. You don't need to be getting rich off the bonus pool money. Okay, that's the way I look at it. They're you just trying to, getting, to have their cake and eat it too. Throughout you don't the need to be getting. Thing. It, I think it's a great concession on MLB. So if you're a pre-R player, you know, zero, one, two years of, of uh, service time, with what you're making, plus, you know, you figure you hit these bonuses, you'd be making over a million dollars a year. That was unheard of for these guys, for these guys in that Absolutely. situation. So to me, again, I don't want to be, like you said, I don't want to be the guy that defends the owners, but the way I'm looking at it, I'm saying to myself, like, you know, the, the player, like the players, want every, from from what we're reading here, and I don't think Mark Feinstein has has an uh, an agenda. It's just kind of he's reporting the facts. 
Absolutely. If any of these reporters have any agenda, it's towards the players. Feinstein's so, actually did a great job just reporting an unbiased, uh, straight, factual report. So to me, I mean, you got to look at it like this. This is, you know, minimum minimum salaries and free R players getting bonuses. I, I don't know. It, it seems to me that that the owners of what they already agreed upon is a win for the players. Now the owners maybe need to come up a little bit on the bonus pool money. But other than that, dude, like I, I think this is, this is fair for both sides. Now, do you understand why the owners wanted a, a, a mediator? Because they're so just on different. No, I, ends I completely the, understand. I completely understand why they wanted a mediator. They need that um, neutral party to come in and tell the players and the owners what is realistic. What? Yeah, but they, yeah, again, with mediation, you know, you can say, all right, this is realistic to you, but go fuck yourself. I'm not doing it anyway. Right. Well, that's what the players are essentially doing regardless. Right? And and we can say the owners are too because of the fact the, the players are so high. They are high with some of the high numbers that they're fuck. coming up. All right, so the other thing, the CBT, the competitive balance tax, this is the one that we're really concerned with as Yankee fans because, you know, fucking hell. Um MLB offered to increase the base tax and surcharge thresholds from its prior proposal by $2 million each in 2024, 25, and 26. So it will go from 16, 216, 218 to 2022, uh, to 222 million in uh, 2026. Additionally, the league made an, an additional concession to the union by withdrawing the proposal to require clubs over the threshold to forfeit draft picks. And to me, that's fucking, that's a big concession right there because what's one of the, what's one of the things that you always heard that Brian Cashman said that he didn't want to do by going over the tax, sacrificing those picks. Right. And now you don't have to. Okay. So do we really think that would change anything for the Yankees? No, but I think for certain teams, knowing that they can still keep their draft picks and only have to pay a monetary fine might change their thinking. It absolutely would. I mean, think about free agency versus midseason trades just in general. I mean, we say it all the time. Hey, if you can wait another year to just pay money for this player instead of giving up half your farm system, just wait. Right? So it goes on to say that only teams surpassing a $234 million threshold would be subjected to a draft pick forfeiture. So you would have approximately a $14 million wiggle room to sign players and not have to forfeit draft picks, which honestly, I think they should just get rid of it altogether. Uh, the forfeiture of draft picks. Yeah. Honestly, that's my, that's my take on it, but they're giving you, they're giving you a little bit of wiggle room there to, to sign players and not have to worry about. Well, the uh, problem Christian is actually, it actually goes against the players again, because the reason they won't give up the full uh, forfeiture of the draft picks is because they know how how big that is. That some teams who don't give a fuck about money will just go way past the tax and not give a fuck. They need to have that implemented for the teams that don't have as much money to be fair to have an extra penalty for these teams who do mm -hmm. and need something else to to discourage them from going too far over it. Yeah. Well, then at that point, then I wonder if they're going to consider getting rid of the uh, qualifying offer draft pick 
Well, we're, there's more on that. Oh, so, there is more on that. I was going to yeah. ask if there was anything on that. So it goes on to say here, teams surpassing the $234 million threshold would forfeit a second round pick, while teams surpassing the $254 million threshold would forfeit a first round pick. Based on this proposal, only 14 picks would have been uh, surrendered during the last CBA compared to 23 picks. So, I mean, the, it doesn't really sound like a lot, but, you know, that's still, that's nine draft picks that teams could have kept and possibly spent uh, more money. Yeah. You know, it also goes on to say MLB's proposal uh, will cr- uh, eliminate uh, creating more. I don't know what, I can't read this word. Let me look this up. I don't, honestly, for me not to know a word, that's crazy. Spell it. Okay. Oh, damn. I got it right here. I'm going to Google, I'm gonna Google uh, it. I know, I know when I'm here. Okay. Oh, yeah, Google it. Delicious. Should duck, duck, go it, dude. Google might, <laughs> Google might. All right. Suppress it. So the, 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 the dictionary definition of the word recidivism is to the tendency of the criminal to reoffend. So I don't really know. Um, but I so they want to they want to discourage someone from continuing to do it. Yeah. So it says MLB's proposal also eliminates re- recidivism. If I'm saying that correctly, creating more year to year consistency. So they want to eliminate repeat offenders uh, in in both team payroll and competitive balance. Under the previous CBA, teams could reset the penalties by going underneath the threshold for one season and following with a massive spending spree. Ending this would result in restraint of runaway spending, which would help competitive balance. So it would essentially, uh, you know, what kind of like the Yankees did leading up to, I guess, the Cole signing. They got under so they could spend that money on Garrett Cole. They want you to kind of spend evenly. They don't want you to spend nothing one year, go batshit crazy the next year, and then spend nothing again. Right. Right. Which, which, which again, would be nice for us. I mean, honestly, it makes a lot of sense because why penalize a team to only, you know, let's say like the year, like when Garrett Cole was a free agent, the Yankees had their eyes on this guy forever. So if their plan was, well, we can only spend X, we don't want to go over this well, we're not going to spend any money leading up to getting Garrett Cole because we're not going to go over the tax we penalized in the year that he's there because I we have to get him. Everything to so me. So if there if there was if there was if that was eliminated, then the Yankees could spend a little bit more freely and not have to worry about when there's a big fish in the market that they want to catch. Yeah, everything to me is just pointing towards the players not really thinking all of this through. Because in order to help the guys at the bottom of the totem pole, which is what obviously they're trying to do with a lot of this, they're trying to protect these players and give them a, a future and you know fair compensation. At the same time, you, you're going to have to sacrifice some of the guys at the top. And it's like they don't want to do that. They just think that they deserve all the money and all the policies to help both ends. And it just doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. I mean, think about it like this, right? What does every agent that has a, a free agent want for their for their player? What do they want more so than what the Years. final number is? Years. In, in terms of baseball, what do you want? What's the one thing that you hope that happens? Guaranteed money? I don't know. No, you want the Yankees involved in the negotiations. Oh, yes, to drive prices up. 
So if the Yankees are sitting on their hands one year because they're worried about the tax level because there's a player next year that they really want to get, wouldn't that be something that as a player, a player's association, you'd be like, no, we want every team to not have to worry about the years that they're going to spend, right. that they should just be able to spend every year. Right. And again, I like to, I like to dumb things down to everyday life. If you're someone at a big corporation making, you know, $200,000 a year and you're, you know, all, all your employees get together and you want to start fighting your boss to pay the, the guy who, you know, delivers shit for you for $15 an hour to get paid, you know, $50 an hour, the owner should look at you and say, well, okay, how much of your salary are you going to sacrifice? And then you come back and say, no, 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 we want, we want more too. Why? For what? You can't fight for one end of the spectrum and not be willing to sacrifice a little on your end. You just can't do it. Yeah, no, that's that's how negotiations work, right? That's kind of how they work when you have two sides negotiating. You're not going to get everything you want. You have to kind of compromise and sacrifice certain things. Right, and then because what is that an agreement? What is that owner going to do? They're going to tell you to go, go screw. They're going to possibly hire something to automate your job or to, uh, or outsource your job. And it's just, they're not going to sit there and just accommodate everything. That's right. why now the owners don't have those options, right? We're talking about a sport with actual people. They don't have those options. So what are they doing instead? They're just saying no. And that's why we're still not no, at an and agreement. It's, and it's and it's moving at such a slow pace because they're so far apart and they're not considering that we're in February and the season's supposed to start really soon. Well, here's my question real quick before you keep going, Christian. If the owners were going to come back at what they came back at, they had to have known. Like Manfred came out and said, we're, we're confident this is going to get it. No, you had to have known that it's not even coming close. So why take so long to make this offer? Why? That's the that's that's the where the villainy of the, yes. uh, the of the owners comes in. Why why the lockout? You didn't have to lock out the players to negotiate. You didn't have to do that. They did. Okay, that's the this is where the owners are wrong, and I will and I'll die on this hill because I think we've been pretty fair in saying that both sides are fucked up in the way they're negotiating. But the owners are completely a hundred. And 10% wrong for these two things. One, locking out the players. They did not have to do that. They could have negotiated in good faith with no lockout. And then if whatever you came to this point where teams were supposed to go to camp and they didn't have a, have a deal, then you could have locked them out. Right. You didn't have to do that when the, when the, C, when the CBA expired. That was the, that's the first thing. And I forgot the second thing. The second thing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, waiting so long. Oh, for and why it took them? And why after the lockout did it take you so long to get to the table with the players? Right. Those are the two things where they're completely wrong on. Right. Because you could have locked them out. If, even if you say, "Well, there's no agreement. We don't want them at our facilities. Whatever. Blah blah blah." Lock them out. We'll get to the fucking table that week. I think. The don't wait. Oh, the players are delusional. The players are delusional, and the owners are spiteful. That's where the owners are wrong in all of this. Yes. They're they're being very spiteful. I think Manfred's doing a miserable job um, facilitating everything and, and his comments the other day to make it seem like, you know, they were... And I'm not saying they're not proposing something fair, but to in the context of everything, they know it's not fair to the players. They know that the players aren't going to think it's fair because they're nowhere close. 
So they should have just stuck to their guns with a mediator. And if the players rejected it, leave it at that. Well, here's two, here's a couple of other points, right? Rob Manfred sucks. We all know that, right? We're not going to take Rob Manfred's side, but I think he's getting a lot of undue hate in this scenario because he works for the owners. He's just doing what his bosses want him to do. So when you say Manfred sucks, he's, he's a clown, he's an asshole. Great. You, you're misdirecting your hate on against the owners. Like those are the guys that you really should be directing your anger towards. And the second, another thing is that we know that minor leaguers that are not on the 40 man roster are not considered part of the players union. So they can report to camp. That's why you've seen like Volpe and Dominguez mm. and these other guys at Yankee at the Yankees facilities because they can go to camp. They're not on 40 man rosters. Well, you know, MLB, and this is a terrible optic. They hired a, a guy, a lawyer, $750 an hour. This fucking guy charges to argue that they shouldn't pay minor leaguers that show up to camp during the lockout. You can, honestly, you can't fucking pay these guys. They're showing up to camp. They're working. You can't pay them. What are they working for, though? They're working for the team. They're, they're, as far as I understand, their seasons will start on time. But the players are ruining their future. Well, they're ruining their future in the sense that they're, I mean, I don't think they're ruining their future. They're trying to fight for them. But if you're allowed to go to camp, you're working. As far as I know, all these minor league seasons are going to start on time. You can't pay these guys. I'm trying to think of what point I was trying to make. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, here's my thing. If you, why do you have minor league players as an owner? Why do you have minor league players? So you can bully them. Yeah. And not pay them and feed them uh, wheat bread and cheese yes. and well, get and why, get people on social media all agitated. Why do you have minor league players? Just because it's fun? Does it bring in like shit ton of money? Is that why you have them? Do, do the minor leagues bring in so much revenue? So you need them? No. no. So, why do you, so why do you have them? They're for your major leagues. They're feeder. It's a feeder system for your major leagues. Okay. For your so, major league clubs. So if your major leagues is in shambles and it doesn't even exist right now. Why would you pay the people that you're investing into for your future? Because you're not going, but why? If you, it's my whole point. You're paying this guy an absorbent amount of money to prove, to argue a point that you shouldn't pay them. Just fucking pay him. What's the big deal? They're showing up to work. Okay. This is going to be. And also though, they're also in a lockout for this season. So you're thinking of paying these guys and that they will help in the future when the, game resumes if the owners don't want to pay them then they, then you know i guess their other alternative is to stay home but i don't know if they they can actually do that they might have to do this so just fucking this this is what i don't get why are you being spiteful against them all right let me just ask you a question pay them. let me ask you a question you have a pool right you have a pool in your backyard uh, someone comes locks it out locks it down indefinitely you have no idea when they're going to unlock the pool for you to use again do you continue to pay the pool guy month month after month? The, I don't understand. The you have a you have a pool guy that comes every month for you to make sure the water. The, you're very the rich. Guy, the pool guy can't go to work. These guys they're allowed to go to work for what though? To just be minor so, leaguers forever? To to hopefully one day that pool will be open again. 
and I'll right. be able to go back but my, to the pool. But my point is who cares about the who cares about the guys underneath until that pool opens back up? Who right, cares? So, well, so, so everybody that why would you want to invest your hand- money in in shit when you don't even have what you're investing in them for? All right, so everybody that wants to sit on their hands and wait for fucking Anthony Volpe in 2023, what's what's not pay him? What's not have him play? Let's have him you lose another year of development. That's now. part of the consequence here, and that's where the players should say no, don't show up. This is part of the leverage. The oh, yeah, I know you need to get paid, but the owners are investing in you for something that they're not taking seriously for us on their end. It's easy. It's it's easy for Max Scherzer to tell uh, a kid like Anthony Volpe not to show up and 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 forfeit, you know, whatever it is the fuck that he makes playing for Somerset. I know, it's but it's easy for him to say that. You want the you want the owners to feel the impact. I mean, fine then. Fuck MLB. Let these kids develop. And we'll call. We'll start MLB again when they're fucking ready. I, I mean, I mean, you're investing in something that doesn't exist anymore. And, you bo- think and both sides gonna, are at d- fault, you, right? So I mean, so then the the you're going to tell the minor leaguers not to show up is what you're saying? Because if they're there, no, honestly, pro- my num- my biggest argument is they should. It, Minor leaguers should be considered part of the union. That's my biggest argument because it doesn't make sense that they aren't because they can just show up and get paid. (laughs) The owners have to pay them during all this. But again, what's their money? Can I ask you a question in 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 all seriousness? Have you ever worked for a union, uh, had a union job before? No, exactly. Okay. So I have. Yeah. So give me a little insight. Okay. So the owners don't want more union workers. They don't want that. They will never agree to making uh, minor leaguers that are not on forty-man rosters union workers. They'll okay. never agree. If to they it. would never they do that, if they would sh- never they would do that, sh- then why? Then why are they even part of the negotiation? Why are the players allowed to negotiate for them then? They're negotiating for union workers. Once you get called up, you're a union worker. They're not trying to fight for uh, minor leaguers to get paid more? Well, if that's your point, then, you know, you might have a valid one. If this is a union versus the owners, then why care about people that are in the minor and leagues also, at that point? And also, you can even argue that the guys who get called up that they're fighting for are technically still minor leaguers. They're not part of the union. Right, like right now, only, right now, they're pretty, uh, they're not part of the union. Ryan, can you look that up? How many you might only need a day of service time to be considered part of the union? Actually, you don't even need any service time because, as I said, you can be you're part of the forty, 40 man, man. You can be on a forty man roster and be and be part of the union. Yeah, you hold a contract with a major league club, so forty man roster. Then at that point, that's why some clubs don't even bother filling their forty man roster. Right. It's it's ridiculous. So to it really me, is. it's like minor league baseball, these guys who are reporting are completely separate. And at this point, why should the owners, the owners are paying them out of good faith because they're not even part of this. They're just there. They have no, they have nothing. They mean nothing to the owners right now. Nothing. Well, I'm all I'm saying, dude, is if they're showing up, I mean, you shouldn't be paying a guy nearly eight hundred dollars an hour to argue that you can't afford to pay them or whatever. See, here's here's where my argument Just, is: it's the association. Sh- oh, sorry, Chris, I cut you off. 
the association represents around 1,200 players or the number of players on each club's 40-man roster in addition to any players on the injured list. So here's my, here's my thing. If you want to fight about the owners not wanting to pay the guys, I can, I can sit here and see their point. I can see it. I don't think it's right. I think their perspective should be, I have guys who want to show up right now. I should want to fucking pay them. You guys don't want to show up. These guys do. So I well, should be again, glad that's to pay not them. Fa- that's not fair, Chris, because the Major League Baseball players in the union are not allowed to show up. They're locked out. Yes. It's but, not a strike. But, but hold on. They're part of negotiations that are causing this. Yeah, I understand that. But if they're not locked out, how do you know that they're not going to go and work out at team facilities or wouldn't show up for spring training right now? They probably would. I don't know at this point. That would be good. I mean, I, I would love to know. We never will, but I guess that's fair too. But what I'm saying is these guys are showing up. You should be, you should be happy to pay them. They're there working for your club to be part of the future of your club that makes you money. Because here's to further that point, right? Excuse me, about paying the, the, uh, the minor leaguers that show up. The Chicago White Sox are installing a vaccine mandate for all minor league players. Yes. Uh, no, there was always a mandate, and I think now the mandate is you have to be boosted as well. There was always a mandate. They had a hundred percent vaccine vaccine rate in their minor league system last year. So uh, we we spend way too a lot of time on on the, these negotiations. So I don't want to go into the whole vaccine bullshit. But if you're going to require somebody to be up to date on their on their vaccination status. How are you going to then tell them that they're not going to get paid for going to work? Well, yeah, at that point, of course. <laughs> at that point, of course, and uh, and just another thing on that, it's like I there's going to be players kicking back now. You know, a year ago we didn't necessarily know all the data out with the vaccines and stuff, and now that it's clear. You can still get it, pass it, whatever. These players are going to fight back on this. They're they're going to lose players. The White Sox are the first team known to require vaccinations for minor league players. In late January, Major League Baseball told teams that vaccines would not be mandatory for minor league players, but would be for managers, coaches, and other staff that come into regular contact with players. Which so I think is, is which I think is fair to leave it up to the teams. I think that's how it should be. Players. I don't agree with that mandate at all but uh, you're right though i mean you want to you want to mandate something for players then you better fucking pay them or they can oh yeah or they can go somewhere that's, else that's yeah all right so let's oh, let's get to the last thing here uh it's it has to do with service time and then there's a couple of other minor things that we'll just touch on mlb added draft pick incentives to further disincentivize clubs from managing service time for top prospects Teams will now potentially have the chance to earn two draft picks per player if the player reaches certain benchmarks in voting, in reward voting. I think that's fair. That's what the MLB... Because that... No, that's one of the big things that uh, the union has been crying about for a long time is manipulation of service time. And so now you're, you're, you're giving an incentive to a club to call the guy up, and if he's as good as advertised, you will get possibly two draft picks and but what you're saying is this is you're still reading what the what mlb came back to the union with right 
this was part of their agreement that they tried to. Yes. Man, I got to say, there really hasn't been one thing that you've read that I can't sit here and say, I don't understand what the players are even thinking. Beyond fair. That service time thing is the one thing I, I was always on the player's side for. And I think that's a that's a more than fair offer to to come up like that. Mm. Yeah, it's just they're so far apart. What you have to do here is you have to put into context not what the players are asking for. You have to put into context what the owners are offering compared to what it was. Right? Leave the players asking out of everything. Have they gone up substantially, Christian, on everything you've you've said? I wouldn't say substantially, but I would say that they they have, based on reading this, they're more moving in the direction of trying to get something done than the players are. Now, compared to where things are now com- and comparing that to what the players are asking for, can we sit here and safely assume that what the players are asking for, they're you know, where they are in the spectrum here is completely out of reach, out of touch with reality. And some of these are, yes. Like the $105 million bonus pool that they want. So, again, all signs point. I'm not saying both sides aren't to blame. But if you had to ask me who I think is trying to, is trying to make a season happen quicker, it's the owner's. So it says also MLB's proposal Saturday increased the incentive for clubs to promote top prospects by allowing them to receive both a rule for draft selection and an international selection because they want to institute an international draft instead of just having teams like the Yankees be able to go out, go out and sign these guys. Players that expressed the concern that a single draft pick would not be enough of a reward for teams promoting uh, top prospects instead of uh, manipulating their service time. So, and here's some other minor things. I don't know if they're how minor they are, but uh, this is other things that they have discussed increasing the rule for signing bonus and international draft slots to add more than $23 million of additional spending on amateur players compared to 2019. They want to institute an NBA style draft lottery. Uh, that doesn't excite me, really, to be honest with you. Um, a proposal that players who are drafted after submitting pre-draft physicals must be offered at least 75% of their slot value associated with their selection and can't be failed by the club on a post-draft physical. This is in, a, this is in response to what the Mets did to Kamar Rocker. Uh, improvements to the health, uh, health benefits package. Here's an interesting one. A first-time-ever limit on number of times a player can be optioned in a the season. They want to set it at five. So you cannot send a player down more than five times in a season. So it used to be once yeah. you call them up, it counts it was as an option. One, you one, can, you one can, option that you could roll through the rest of the year. Right, exactly. So now they want to cap that at five. I think uh, I think that's fair. That's that's fair. I that's actually again like that. fair, to, more fair to the players. But then at that point, then do you then get rid of the the grace period because there is that when they go when they get sent down then they have to wait another 10 days probably. before they get called back up so probably. maybe you I'd have to imagine. get rid of that I'd have to imagine that that would yeah. be eliminated they want to uh, somebody said they agreed to this uh, it doesn't say that it's 100% agreed upon here but the additional uh, the addition of the universal DH mm-hmm. um, I mean that's a cool. no brainer 
Yeah, that's... And here, this is what you were saying, Ryan. MLB's offer to eliminate the qualifying system would end draft pick compensation, making top free agents more attractive potential suitors. That's got to be a win for the players right there. Yeah, come on. 100%. That's a big win because that's not fair. That's not fair to those guys that are free agents when the team that they are on offers them the qualifying offer when they're really due to make a lot more than that, what, 19 to $21 million one-year deal. So they shouldn't be the ones that pay the price for for not re-signing with their original team. And that's kind of what ends up happening. They don't get the contract offers that they would had there not been a qualifying offer attached. There have been guys that have been stayed away from because they're because teams don't think that they're worth the money and the first round uh, draft pick. Right. Yep. Happens all the time. I think that's that's to me that's a big win for the players right there. It also says an expanded postseason MLB is seeking a 14 team field rather than the 12 that the players association is proposing. Uh, it would increase the playoff pool for players. Thanks to the additional revenue from the games, increasing the field would also mean the addition of more than a hundred players to postseason play, which the, those additional hundred players would then make more money as a fan. I hate it. Hate it. I hate it. I, I hate the, the expanded postseason, but the players want it for the additional revenue and the owners want it for the additional revenue. So, I mean, it's going to happen, right? It's so just how you, many, you it's just going to be how many teams, that. it's just going to be how many teams go in. Cause I don't think, I don't think any of us, the three of us really like would like that. But when you look at what would come of that, it would be more money to, to players in an incentivized way that have now earned that extra money by making the playoffs. You clearly did something that was good enough. Right. Your performance was good enough to now make more money. Instead I just don't of just like being it a flat front where, a, you know, a team that doesn't make the playoffs, a team like maybe the Orioles, do right. they really deserve to make all that extra revenue See, money if they're not doing their part? All this that we're talking about is mostly shit that we don't really care. Like it's, be, it's money between owners and players. <laughs> this is the one thing that affects us as a fan. And that's why I can say i fucking hate it i hate it i mm-hmm. think it i think it it just waters down the the prestigiousness of of winning a world series but it's good for the players good for the owners so obviously it's going to happen it's just a matter of you know when do the players draw the line and say yeah you know what that that looks good that we can work right. with i mean to honestly if, uh on that aspect the uh I, I wouldn't i would be shocked that the players don't take the 14 team proposal because it's more money for them and it's more opportunities for teams to win championships you're yeah. adding a hundred more you're adding potentially a hundred more players into into a bonus pool here isn't and again isn't this all about money this is all about money right the it was one little line about the improvement to the health care package and everything else is about fucking money yep so what are you arguing? Oh, it's it's what it comes down. To. It's it's money. That's what. It, it, who so gives please. them money? Who gives them money? Oh, the people who are being, who are sacrificing now, possibly watching a season start on time. We're the ones. If at all. We're the ones. Uh, you know what? And we get lost in all of this. Not even mentioned. Uh, they don't care about us, dude. No, you know that. It's, clear, it's clearly. But it's just ironic, us. though, that, that without us, they don't have anything to negotiate. You know, I learned this uh, from being a wrestling fan, and uh, it doesn't matter 
who, you know, WWE has their stars, their, their top, you know, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey. They have, they have a handful of top level stars that they can market. Right. But it doesn't matter beyond that or who shows up. You want to know why? Because of the TV contracts. This is how they are making money. TV networks want live original weekly programming and that's what wrestling provides. So that's why Vince McMahon got a billion dollar deal from USA, got a billion dollar deal from, from Fox for his properties. So even, and this is, you know, I made the argument earlier about losing revenue at the gate, but, it, but in the end, it's, it's so minor compared to what they'll make from ESPN, Fox, the right. regional sports networks. So they don't honestly, like we feel slighted because we're the ones that don't get the thing that we love. But in the end, it'll come back and they'll still be rich as fuck because of the billions and billions of dollars they'll get from the networks desperate for their content. That's why people are like, oh, baseball's a dying sport. It's not, dude. It's not a dying sport when you see the amount of money uh, networks are throwing at right. like at shit products because they need the content. They need original, mm-hmm. they need that's original live point, content. Man. And that's well, more than not, any other has so many games to do right. it. So there's so much production value there. So, you know, I'm like we said, we made the point about, uh, you know, why would you want to lose that revenue? But then, you know, I come to think of it, they don't give a fuck, dude. How much money ESPN is going to pay them? Fox, you know, like we just said, and there's 162 games. There's literally a game every night of the week if you want to sell a package. And they, and they, I don't know if you all noticed this, they have this thing called Strike Zone, which they're going to debut this year, which is going to be their version of Red Zone. Okay. Okay. That football doesn't, doesn't, make, doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm sure that was. So what is free. it? Uh, what a run on, run on scoring position? Strike they'll, Zone. They'll, they'll cut to the game. And uh, uh, you'll watch. Watch me watch the game. You watch me okay, watch. So uh, watch the game. Uh, no, right. so we were supposed to do our Monument Park draft this week. Uh, since Ryan was late getting on, we mentioned this earlier. Uh, we're not doing it this week. We're doing it next week. Um, oh, I was ready, dude. I was no research. <laughs> uh, but remember, I said that I had something for you, Jackoffs. Uh, yes. Yeah. Wow. Oh, sweet, dude. I have one for each of you. Wow. Thank you, bro. Thanks, man. And and uh, if anybody wants uh, NYYST gear, you go to nyy.news and click the shop tab. Uh, we got yeah. hoodies, zip-up hoodies, tumblers, T-shirts. mugs. Yeah, I mean. Right. Uh, oh, we got tumblers on there? Yeah. We got, tum- we got tumblers. We got Fugazi Yetis. I mean, it, it's it's an expansive shop. Um Pete did a fucking great job. Yeah, uh, Pete's, it Pete's really doing a great job with all of this so far. It's been a great, great couple. So, of, what, uh, how long have we been doing this now? It's been like a couple months now. A month and a half. Or a month, a month and a half. Yeah, so um, definitely uh, you have, your definitely. wife has something that, my, uh, that you my have wife? to come get. Oh, yeah, your yeah, wife. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you need to come get your shit here. Ooh, okay, all right. All right. Um, uh, what else? Uh, re- since uh, we'll just mention this, uh, go. Uh, so I was re- I saw uh, I was reading something here. So we know how the uh, the Rays like to cut bait before they have to pay guys, right? Yes. Austin yeah. Meadows' name came up today, 
potentially after the lockout that they could be looking to move him. Now, I don't see any way that the Rays trade that player to New York and the Yankees send the prospects necessary to get him to Tampa. No. It would be too smart. Not a chance. But no, but a, they might. They might be because then they'll they'll be the ones swindling the Yankees. They would they would be willing to do it for the right price. They, it, it would be. It would have to be a drastic overpay. Yes, which is what the, which is what the Mets would end up doing. Uh, but Austin Meadows is the type of guy that you that you look at that could potentially be available and just and and look and say, wow. This is a guy that the Yankees could really use and need a young Whoa. athletic outfielder that, you know, has 30 home run, 100 RBI potential. I mean, since his um, his first full season in the big leagues was 2019, he hit 33 home runs, uh, yeah. 89 RBI. He had an OPS around of uh, 922. What did he do last uh, year? He uh, he had a 772 OPS uh, last year, so it went down drastically. But he still hit uh, 27 home runs and drove in 106 runs. Uh, yeah, I mean, offensive production dropped drastically throughout all Major League Baseball last year, so I'm not too concerned with that. This guy's a guy who would fit in perfectly for what we need. Left hand, I mean, that left hand swing it. Is he a switch not, hitter? Or he's only lefty. Nah, I think he's just uh, left. He's a left uh, lefty here, and, and he, not just. And he's a guy who, whenever he gets up against the Yankees, I just hold my breath. Oh, he kills them. right. That's what that's what it comes down to, too. It's kind of like a Garrett Cole situation. You're taking a guy, an opponent away that that. Yeah, the Yankee tax on you. him would be through the roof. Yeah, uh, no, it's, he's, it's, he's, I mean, he's at that, the top of the list right now in terms of I, Yankee killers. Right now, Austin Meadows is number one in current players. I'd say that destroys the Yankees. I think you'd have to look at a package. I don't think you. I, I don't know if he this this is like a, this would be like a top level. I don't think Austin Meadows like a top level type guy. I think he's a, a very good player that would fit in perfectly at Yankee Stadium. But I think it, it, to get a deal done with the Rays and Yankees, you're talking like Dominguez, Volpe, and you know, and, and you know, yeah. a good pitching prospect. Yeah, you'd be it. It would be a deal where I wouldn't necessarily blame the Yankees for passing. Probably but, a pitcher um, too, I'd say, because they have that uh, Franco kid. Okay. No, I'm saying that. instead of instead of Volpe or a Peraza, yeah, but the Yankees don't be... have the pitching prospects. On I know. The level so then I don't know if they would but really the, match yeah. up unless they want to move no, someone they, to second base because well, they have they could Franco always, over there. Well, you could always trade Volpe for something that you need. Okay. Oh. Yeah. You just got. I mean, if you're the Rays, you just take the assets. Yeah. No, but I just don't see them doing that. With no. The no, I don't either. I mean, but it, it, it honestly, on paper, it makes too much sense to me that the Yankees could potentially match up with the Rays on uh, on an Austin Meadows deal, which is why it wouldn't happen. Yeah, I mean, too uh, much sense. When you, whenever you have too much too. sense, last now with them. Whenever you have Pack too much deal. sense surrounding something the Yankees should do, it it will never happen. Because you got to assume that if they're thinking of Meadows getting rid of Meadows, that they're most likely thinking of moving glass now as well. I don't know if he'll be even available this year, but neither was Tommy Canely and he signed with the Dodgers. Oh, so. glass now had uh, Tommy John, right? Yeah. So he's, um, he's, he's a big one. No, but uh, glass now is not a free agent. Tommy Canely was a free agent. I'm, I'm saying that a, a guy could still be moved with not being able to play is all that I'm saying. Yes. Right. But it's not a fair comparison. Well, it's a fair comparison in a way that both players were, 
were signed or on a team without being that, active, without being active. Yeah. They were injured. All he's saying right, is, so it's not apples and walnuts. Okay? <laughs> All uh-huh. he's saying is players can still be acquired and signed. Even if they're going to be yeah, out. So for we know season. that Brian Cashman's fucking traded a hundred guys. That <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I'm just, is Tyler Glass now, was it, if that's, a, would that be a risk you're willing to take for 2023 to get uh, assets yes. for him? Uh, you yes. know, Cashman would be. Uh, yes. Tommy John? Did you say Tommy John? Okay. Uh, Volpe, did he have Volpe. one or two? Two? Yeah, oh, boy. Had, <laughs> if he had two, then you had, oh my had God, Tommy. Dude. Your Cashman somehow, some way mm-hmm. has gotten better. That yeah, just well, bugged me the fuck out. You know, it's it's it is hit or miss, but I do have it today, and uh, you know he's somebody that we'll look into. Uh, I don't think the Rays will uh, give us Meadows, but you know we'll we'll obviously make the call if 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 it's if he's available. That is fucking wild. <laughs> that has gotten better. Well, wow. we'll we'll I'll try to find like a press conference, and I'll like edit it so i'll it'll be like cashman and then i'll yeah you have join to join in and then we'll make it a game or something yeah <laughs> ryan or brian i i already yeah uh, Ooh, nice. uh-huh. okay uh-huh. Uh-huh. ryan or brian <clears throat> yeah. so um didn't you have one other thing you wanted to touch on i don't remember can you can you rewind you want me to rewind everything? I probably could. I, I have no. I have literally no clue. I think the only thing we mentioned was to have a little fun with the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, right. Super Bowl. Up. Super Bowl. I don't think there's anything baseball related. Super Bowl. That was Super it. Balls. Super Balls. Super Bowl. So uh, the game's in about three and a half hours or so, right? Uh, we got the Bengals and the Rams. It's I don't know. It's just not a sexy matchup in New, in New York. New York. So, so we'll just do, not the sexiest. Still break records for how many people watch. Oh, absolutely, dude. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So I don't know. I'm. Uh, I don't know. I like. I, I. I like to pick a team to root for just to make the game more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't hate the Rams. Like a lot of Giant fans hate Odell Beckham. I don't hate him. Oh yeah, I forgot he's over there. I thought I don't hate him per se. I, honestly. So I'm not rooting against the Rams because of Odell. I just think that it was probably time for him to move on here. But at the same time, like, you know, Joey Burrow and the Bengals being that underdog story, you know, house unless, money, unless they're playing with house money, man. You know, unless your team is the dominant dynasty team, it's always kind of fun to root for that underdog. I think it just right. think it makes for a better story. Yeah. But especially Christian, like in Super Bowl 52, you had to be rooting for the underdog there, right? Who? Philadelphia. No, I always rooted for Tom Brady unless he was playing the Giants. <laughs> always rooted for Tom Brady. Um, what was I going to say? I don't know. But fucking Eli Apple is on as a Giant fan. Like I can't, I can't wish happiness for Eli Apple. Where's he? Everyone hates he's him. A, he's a corner. He's not. He's playing for the Bengals now. Oh, really? Yeah. But he's just so fucking tone deaf because he was like the tenth overall pick, and he fucking sucked here. And like then he then all of a sudden like he starts ripping giant fans for no reason like Damn it. dude like dude you were fucking terrible here and you talk about the perfect name for a New York football player you got Eli for Eli Manning and then the Big Apple I mean yeah. it doesn't get much better than that and then like, I think blew he, you really blew it. it yeah you blew I think it. when he was getting roasted by the media like his mom would go and like step up for him and oh, start talking God. shit to the <laughs> so did did you guys you- see. A- all of these, sorry, this is change, changing the topic, but all of these Joe West memes that have been coming out. 
this week because no. he since he announced his retirement. Like one of them was, I went to congratulate. I sent, I called Joe West to congratulate him on his retirement, but he missed that call too. <laughs> I like Joe West. <laughs> um, did you guys know this? There's only been two quarterbacks in NFL history that have won both a college champ, national championship, and a Super Bowl. Is it yeah, Joe Namath? Joe Namath is no. one. Okay. Yes. yes, Alabama, I did, and then I won Super Bowl Joe three. Namath is one. All right, and the other was... Um, yeah, I forget who it was. because Don't say on, it, though. Quarterback, though? I just said I don't remember who it is. They did this on Carton and Cuckberts the other day. Well, there's a reason why I'm bringing it up. It's, it's, uh, it's relevant to the Super Bowl. Oh, is it? Uh-huh. Who is it then? I don't know. I forget. If it's relevant to the Super Bowl. Uh, so, yeah, well, it's relevant because it would be Burrow would be one of them. Um, I don't know. I can't think of, I can't think of Joe Montana. Both, uh, okay. both named Joe. Oh, has Joe Burrow won a national championship? Yes. yes. Is he in the super bowl? Mm-hmm. Your mom's, your mom has a super bowl. Not, if he wins, my mom. only three quarterbacks would have done both all named Joe. Oh, true. Uh-huh. 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 Crazy. Okay. okay. So uh, my, I'm going to go with every pretty much every one of these games has come down to like the last play. So I'll go with, I'll go with, I'll go Bengals 31 28 for the victory. Wow. Although I kind of want the Bengals to lose this way when I turn on uh, Boomer and Gio tomorrow, they're fucking miserable because I hate both of them. Well, but I'll go, yeah. Beng- I'll go Bengals 31 28. I tweeted this. I asked my daughter last week, my two year old daughter who had no idea what I was asking her. Uh, who was going to win? She said Bengals. And then we said... Uh, she, didn't, she didn't say, Daddy, it doesn't matter because global warming exists. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> and then I asked what the score is going to be. She said 25-22. So right. I'm going to say 25-22 Bengals. And then my father-in-law got his box pool numbers the other day. He got Bengals 5, Rams 2. That's oh my God. Wild. <laughs> Oh, wow. Wild. Wild. I just, I think the playoffs have been so good this year that they're due to have a clunker kind of game. So I think tonight's going to be a clunk and the Rams are going to blow out the really? Bengals. See, here's yeah. what I think. Here's what I think. You m- remember the 2017 Yankees? Why were yeah. they, why were they just so fucking good? They just played with house money the house whole time. Money. They said, fuck it. We're sick of people saying we're not good enough. We're going to come out, whatever. And Burrow has kept that all postseason. <laughs> I'm right. going to say the Bengals come out. They're the underdog, and he's going to take care of business. And I just don't like this one stat. It was that I believe it was um, Joe Burrow was sacked more. He's the first quarterback to lead the league and most uh, sack the most and make the Super Bowl and to go against the defensive line like the Rams with Aaron Donald. I just don't see it lining up that way where he's going to have time to throw. And that's oh, uh-huh. that's usually that's usually when team when the teams most teams that have lost in recent years that you can always remember a big play where they the quarterback just didn't well, have enough time they, to that's throw. That's how the Eagles beat Brady. Yeah, and that's how the the Giants were efficient against Brady was by getting to him quickly, not giving him enough time. So that's uh-huh. going to be the case uh-huh. tonight. Uh-huh. 
Uh-huh. Okay, so those right. are our predictions. We'll see if we're right. You know, when you listen back to the show or watch it on YouTube on Monday, we'll see. Uh, we'll see 44-17. Right. 44-17 final. Wow. Oh Big blowout. Yeah. Um, if it is, then I'll go to fucking bed after the concert. So right. to the concert. Well, that's, it's that's the first the Super Bowl halftime show to. I'm looking forward to. What's the first song going to be? It's got to be still Dre, I mean, right? Got it. No, I mean, I mean, to you have to go next episode, bro. You're gonna fucking piss off all the TikTok kids. Nah, you gotta what, go. Which one's that one? Dre. It's the next episode. It's with Snoop. Do you need? Do you need me to play it, dog? Snoop Dre. Well, the one I'm thinking of is 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 don't don't don't. That's what you're thinking. Of. I'm about to play this one. This is what Nowadays, I think. Nowadays, everybody want to talk. Out. I think they're gonna come out in a car. Hold on, let me play this one first. I think they're gonna do this first. That's, I'm with Ryan, and they're gonna come out in a car with it, the hydraulic stone. You think so? Wow. Yeah. Ryan has an inside tip, like in the like in the music video. Oh, all these kids are gonna know who their parents are. We're all, all these white people were gangster, right? Uh-huh. No, that wasn't that wasn't forgot about Dre. That was no. Dre. Forgot about Dre was with Eminem. Yeah, that's what I think they're coming out to. I got something to say, but nothing comes out when they move the lips. Just a bunch of gibberish. That's what they're coming out to. I think that'll be like the second or third song because Eminem is going to come out with them. Can Kendrick Lamar test positive for COVID so he doesn't have to do the concert? I'm not saying that he's a part of it. No, I like Kendrick. Oh, yeah, you like Lamar. I'm not saying that he's going to like He's got to have like really bad COVID where he's sick, but just like he tests positive, he's got he's got a little runny nose, and, he's, and then he's fine the next day. Okay, just so he doesn't That's have to fair. be a part of the concert. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's kind of just like Mary J. Doesn't fit in. He's like the he's, no, yeah, he's the yeah. I mean, here. I don't know where how Mary J. fits in with Snoop Eminem and Dre, but I'm not. You can't throw Mary J. away. No, she's an icon. All right, so uh, let's wrap this up here. Okay, how long is the show? Like three and a half hours. Hour twenty. Yeah, we didn't talk about anything important. I thought it was actually a very important show uh, that, that gave is... a lot of people a breakdown of of the proposal, and a lot of people just read shit like here the proposal was bullshit, and they don't. I, look, I didn't have time to go through it all. It was very helpful to me too. I mean, but we spent an hour talking about assholes and and pricks, uh, fucking arguing over money when we should be talking about, uh, you know, pictures and catches reporting. Garrett Cole showing up in Tampa today. Nope. You want to know why Garrett Cole would never show up in Tampa today? Why? Amy would cut his balls off yeah. if he missed Valentine's Day. True. True. Ryan, what what does Garrett Cole say to Amy on Valentine's Day? So I just did. I bought you a bunch of gold. I bought you a bunch of different little trinkets and some chocolates. And let's go have a nice long pause. <laughs> I have. I'm trying to work on his impression a little bit more. It's kind of sounds like Kermit the Frog a little bit. <laughs> well, he does sound like Kermit, but he does sound a lot like this. But I don't know. Um, uh, you know, now that we brought up Garrett Cole, uh, we're at about one twenty. Let's spend the. I, I don't want to leave this for next week. Okay. Um. There's something came out earlier this week. And let me let me go back to my Twitter, okay, so I can get it. I don't know where this was from. I really don't know. I saw somebody tweeted it, and then I picked up tweeted on it. it. Tweeted it. It's a 
it must have been part of some type of article or something, but uh, they were. It was Bob Clappish and Brandon Cuddy were talking about Garrett Cole, and Clappish, who we know hates Garrett Cole. Why I don't know because he's the one that started the. Uh, he's the one that reported on the the locker room shit with Cole and Guardy. But Clappish is great. So was he hurt or not hurt? Oh yeah, he was hurt. On, he was hurt on the days he wasn't pitching well but was healthy on the days he did pitch well. That's the mystery here. And then Cuckboy, I mean, Cuddy goes on to say, did the sticky stuff or lack of sticky stuff bother him on the days he didn't pitch well? In Boston, when it was chilly and dry on the field in a wild card game, or was there a problem with the hamstring? Was it the lack of sticky stuff or just not having your best stuff at the possible worst time? Maybe it was all three, or maybe you two are just dumb as fuck. Maybe that was me. That was me adding it in the, um, in the end there, because honestly, this is what, I, and we, and we have a group chat on Twitter with everybody in the NYY news TV team. Right. And this is what I brought up uh, earlier. And I've said this on the show before, and I know everybody remembers the dark night when the Joker says the city needs a better class of criminal. And I've always said this, and I said, this fan base needs a better class of podcast. And that was always part of my goal in doing this is to present alternatives to this fan base and not have to have them have the same rhetoric and bullshit shoved down their fucking throats all the time where they only think that's they where it's the only thing that they think could possibly right. be true. It takes literally a five second fucking search of Garrett Cole's game logs to see how his season took a giant shit after he got fucking hurt against the Blue Jays in that game in, in uh, early September. Right. Now, Chris brought up this point earlier when we were talking about this, and maybe the, the spider attack can help Cole get through uh, with an injury, whereas without it, he's just he has nothing to back up on. And maybe that's true. But if you're saying that Garrett Cole wasn't the same pitcher after the spider attack, it's factually incorrect. Right. Did he need an adjustment period after they took it away? Yes, he did. Well, I'll be the first to admit it. I sat here alone when you guys were jerking each other off, which is kind of weird because you're brothers, okay? And you guys weren't on the <laughs> show. I sat here by myself, and and you know how much I love Garrett Cole. I called him a fucking fraud. And that was after, I believe, the Met game when he got when he was handed a 30 to nothing lead or whatever yeah. it was and couldn't get out of the third inning in a seven-inning game. I called him a fraud. But like a true ace readjust it, and, and he had a lot of dominating performances after that. Astros. Uh, Astros. He had a, and right before the injury, he had a 15-strikeout game. Right. So don't tell Against me. the Angels, right? Right. And I know I don't think Otani played, but still, dude, you're, it's a fucking 15-strikeout game. Matter. It's a major league team. Yeah. And name me how many times that happens in a year. Not many. Against anybody. Not many. So don't fucking sit here and tell me, Bob Clappish, who, again, dude, this is so disappointing to me because when we had him on the show, I wasn't blowing smoke up his ass. I genuinely looked forward to reading his column every Sunday in the Bergen Record. And it was uh, kind of an honor to sit there and get to interview this guy and talk to him directly one-on-one -on -one about the New York Yankees. But then the way that he's just turned into like a fucking 14-year-old girl gossiping in a high school bathroom over the last six months to a year yeah. is really fucking, it's disheartening or, or, or 
it's disgusting, okay, number one, but it's also disappointing for somebody that I kind of looked up to in the industry. Yeah, he lost all credibility. And my point with the cold, just to what you were touching on, was things like spider attack don't, just like steroids don't make you hit 760 whatever home runs like Barry Bonds, they... I'd say spider tack with pitchers doesn't make you a fucking phenomenal pitcher. What it could have done for Cole was get him through, sorry, get him through days that he didn't have his best stuff. Get him through or times when he was hurt. Injury. Yeah. To get him through times when he was hurt. You're losing that plus you're, plus you're favoring your leg. Forget it. And that takes adjustment. I'm not saying Cole can't come out without it now and pitch through an injury just as effectively without it. But it's an adjustment. And we brought this up here. Because of the nature of the Yankee season and where they were in the calendar, they didn't put him on the injured list. If he got hurt, if that happened in May, Cole gets six weeks off. Right. But they needed to force him back out there because they didn't have anything clinched. And it was in fucking, it was in the second week of September then. Yeah, they still looked into the postseason. Yeah, I mean, Imagine if they didn't have him. So... And again, if you look at his game logs, he had a one-run performance against the Orioles in his next start, but he only won five innings. You mean to tell me that's acceptable from Garrett Cole? And I think he fucking taxed himself, if I'm not mistaken. He threw a ton of pitches. That's why they had to get him out there. He clearly wasn't right, and he probably only gave up a run because it was the Orioles. And we remember how how pissed we were at him when he got his fucking ass handed to him against the Indians. Can I say Indians because it was last year? Yes, as long as you're referring to... The prior uh, year. When he got his ass kicked by the Indians at the stadium and he got booed off the mound, and Susan was like, How dare these people? Well, yeah. how dare us? And then I she mean, doubled down. On well, that. Susan, well, Susan, he didn't do his job. But you know, too. <laughs> so again, like I want to be mad at Garrett Cole for not delivering on what he was brought here to do, but you know, at least if you're covering the team, be fucking honest about what happened here. I don't need to sit there and kiss Garrett Cole's ass and post pictures of him and his kid dressed up as Dwight fucking Schrute. Okay. I don't need to do that. I re- I respect what he does on the fucking field. I, right. I, I admire him for what he, I don't know if admire is the right word, but I, I love what he represents for this team and I'm going to back him as that, but I don't need to go out there and write things like the Garrett Cole SMD tour. If I didn't believe it just to kiss this guy's ass, but I really expect, Garrett Cole, I know, I'm pretty sure Garrett Cole sees all this shit and he's going to be like, well, fuck you guys. Yeah, you know, that was the one thing with him last year was that the passion, the passion never went away. He was clearly, he wanted, he wanted to perform and it just wasn't working. There, I saw a, a video of that 5 nothing. Did you see this, Christian, when he was, um, there was a mound visit during that Indians game in September and he looked back at the scoreboard and he saw that Toronto took a huge lead and he screamed. Ah, I didn't see that. He was score. Yeah, I'll try sending it to you guys. So he looked up at the scoreboard during a mound visit, and you hear him go, "Fuck!" He screams it. So you know, I that's what I did like to see, and and I think that could have been ultimately what ended up hurting him the most was that it was kind of he 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 was trying to push past this injury to help his team, but really it ended up hurting his team in the end. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, like we talked about that too. Like we respect the the the, uh, the gamer in him that he wanted to take the ball and he knows his role on his team. But again, if you're not even close to 100%, you're hurting, you might be hurting the team more than helping it. 
So it's a double-edged sword here. But, you know, if you're covering a team, how many people that read that do the type of, of have the type of thought processes that we have here and, and, and really pay attention to things? What, 10%? Right. So you got 90% of people that read that and be like, yeah, that's right. Garrett Cole sucks because he doesn't fucking cheat anymore. Right. Right. So obviously when I read shit like that, it's a fucking hit piece and go fuck yourself. Okay. Agreed. So I just wanted to bring that up uh, right there next week. Very excited. Everybody here on time. Okay. Everybody. Uh Oh my God. (laughs) We will do the Monument Park draft. Uh, <laughs> I explained uh, how it's going to kind of go down earlier in the show, but very excited for that. Uh, and, you know, hopefully we'll have to kind of stick that at the end of the show because I'm just being an optimist here that something will fucking happen in this next week where we have. We'll yeah, keep being optimistic, dude. Just don't hold your breath. No, I won't. Uh-huh. I can't since COVID anyway. I'll die. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, we want to thank you for your continued support of the show. Uh, thank you for listening to episode 69. 260. Uh-huh. What were we saying before? 69. 69. Number 69. Uh, number 69 has not been put in Monument Park yet. Okay. So if somebody wants to take that and go in minor and go in uh, Monument Park, you can do that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you for your continued support of the show. Thank you for listening to episode 269. Follow uh, us on Twitter at NYYST underscore podcast. Uh, SGR. Go Yanks. Chris, say goodbye. Peace. NYYST. This is New York. Yankee sports talk. Swinging for the fences. Knock it out the park. This is New York. Yankee Sports Talk, Christian and Chris, of course, SGR, this is New York, Yankee Sports Talk, call me New York, Yankee Sports Talk, record, rain and shine, grab your shades and umbrellas, NYYST, you're hanging with the fellas.